Welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Uh, the Peacock is flying solo today. Listen, uh, when you don't do this professionally, obviously, um, you have a day job, and sometimes the schedule changes on you, and uh, that's what happened to me. So my, my work schedule got flip-flopped around this week. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I got a podcast on the feed out for uh, all our loyal listeners. Um, So this is probably going to be quick. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be like a -a take-a-thon. And then I'll give you some picks to end this puppy. Um, So it might be a whirlwind of takes. Um, Just buckle in. Obviously won't be too long. And if I shut the hell up with this intro and get to the actual fucking podcast. Um, I'm sure that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, not just by you, but also me. So, here we go. Last week, football, it finally felt, uh, it felt huge. NFL uh, was crazy. You had the Niners. Uh, they take their first L, unfortunately. But that, that Niners-Seahawks game Monday night was spectacular. Had a great Sunday night game with the Vikings going on to Dallas and beating them. Uh, Green Bay in the snow in Lambeau hosting Carolina was good. Um, Thursday with the Raiders uh, winning in the black hole against the Chargers. That was a great game. It was kind of the, and I'm not saying the quality of play is top notch in the NFL yet. I feel like each year since they cut back to practicing, it's gotten, uh, or it's gotten, progressively worse and it takes longer for the the for the play to uh to be up the snuff and get to a high standard but um I don't know just great games it's starting to get real it's getting late November that's when the NFL for me uh I feel like takes off now college the two games I want to recap real quick how about Minnesota they were so fucking ready for Penn State uh PJ Flecken has staffed in an unbelievable job um not a lot of people, including myself, uh, believed in Minnesota. And I don't know if I still do, because that game could have been Minnesota was ready, which they absolutely were, and Pitt State not as good as uh, their number four ranking was last week. But the point is, the Gophers, the Golden Gophers, were so ready for them. I mean, Penn State, a heavy blitz team. Uh, they'll, they'll throw a lot of corner and safety blitzes at you. Seemed like every time they did it, Minnesota had a play action pass with mask protection or a screen on and just threw it right where the vacating blitzer was coming. Just excellent scouting by uh by the Golden Gophers. And uh they dominated that game. I mean they won thirty one twenty six. Penn State has the ball in the air uh towards their end zone to win the game late, but uh yeah, Minnesota dominated that game. PJ Fleck was <laughs> He was trying to burn clock. It, it seemed like uh, the third quarter. Um, you know that's that's why that game got close. But shout out Minnesota. They jump up big time in the rankings. All right, uh, the big one last week in all of football to me, Alabama 
uh, hosting LSU, and uh, kind of stunning. You don't see Alabama. Well, I mean, I know Clemson did it last year. You don't see Alabama uh, just kind of get get dummied. And a lot of it was shooting themselves in the foot. Of course, you had the weird Tua. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to spin or cut. Obviously, the ankle was bad, but besides the point, that was weird for him to fumble the ball like that. Uh, the punter dropping um, a punt. And I know Alabama, we got a stop on that one, but still, that was, uh, you could have flipped field position there. You didn't. Uh, Tua throws a pick late in the first half. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, just a bowling ball of not fucking tackling me. That's what that guy is. He runs hard, uh, quick, choppy feet, keeps him moving strong as an ox, uh, just runs hard, love, love the way he runs the football. And Joe Burrow solidified uh, his Heisman campaign. Um, you know, I think he's 31 to 39, 393, um, you know, three touchdowns. Um, I don't know if he got credited for a pick or not on that weird, uh, like strip sack slash thing, but that's besides the point. Um, I love what LSU did, uh, coaching wise. Um, when they needed to drive Alabama cuts at the five, LSU needs a drive. Um, they go with like the uh, RPO fake quarterback draw and hit like a, 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 a seam route or not a seam route. It was kind of a slant or a skinny post. Just beautiful though. Beautiful. Hadn't had it done all or hadn't ran that all day. They bring it out. Boom. Get a huge conversion later in that drive. Burrow has never kept on the read option all game. They wait. Burrow uses his leg, picks up a third down. They went up quick to the line of scrimmage. Mwah. Beautiful, beautiful play calling. I don't know, um, but this Joe Brady cat they brought in from the Saints is uh, is unbelievable. But hey, LSU, they jump up the number one deservingly. Uh, you look at their resume, they got four uh, when they played them. I don't know uh, if the committee looks at it like that. I would wait to the end of the year, but uh, you can make the argument. It's factual, too, that they have four top ten wins on the season. Uh, or three anyway. I don't know if Auburn was ranked top ten. I know Texas was definitely Florida and Alabama. So uh, they got the best resume in the country, uh, the most important uh, win, the biggest win, the most impressive win going into Alabama and beating them like they did. Uh, definitely the most impressive win to date on the on the season. So uh, yeah, they're totally deserving. Real quick, looking at the playoff picture, here's how I see it. I think three teams control their own destiny. I think LSU does. Ohio State, unfortunately, does. Sorry, Buckeye fans, but you know my allegiance. Anyway, and Clemson, obviously. So the top three right now in the current rankings, they control their own destiny. Now, I do think there's some wiggle room for two of those teams. Clemson absolutely cannot take a loss to me. They just can't. ACC schedule is weak. Uh, they didn't have shit in the non-conference. They have to be 13-0 and on the last selection uh, that Sunday when they select uh, the playoff teams in, in the bowl games. Um, I do think, though, LSU with some wiggle room and Ohio State with some wiggle room. Now, uh, I don't think either team could go out there and lay a complete egg and, and get boat raced by anybody. 
But let's say Ohio State loses, you know, to Michigan or Penn State close in the regular season, and they end up a 12-1 Big Ten champion. Or hell, hell with that. Let's say Minnesota meets them 12 and over, 12 now. Minnesota pulls the upset in the Big Ten championship game. I still think Ohio State gets in. I do. Same with LSU. Now, LSU, they play Ole Miss, Arkansas to close the season. Um, I don't think they could lose to, to either one of those teams, really, uh, just because both those teams are down uh, in the cellar nationally. But let's say they get an 11-1 Georgia in the SEC championship game. Georgia beats them. It's close. It's a good game. You know, I think the committee, therefore, uh, keeps them keeps them in the playoffs. You know, obviously they'll drop in the rankings, but I think they have wiggle room. Now, I think Georgia, sitting at four, they control their own destiny because they go finish the regular season 11-1. They beat LSU in the uh, SEC title game, 12-1 SEC champion. Boom, they're going to be in. Um, Alabama, you look at them, I think they're going to need a, a, a stoneboard to ahead of them. I really do. Um, I think, man, it's tough because the Pac, I, you know, I don't think the Pac-12 is as bad uh, as a lot of people do, but it's not great. I have it ahead of the Big 12. I think a lot of the metrics do, but um, I think the Pac-12 obviously would need some help. But even if Oregon and, and Utah get to the uh, Pac-12 title game, both with 11-1, I'll ask you this because I don't know the answer to either of them. Who the fuck does either of those two teams beat? Like, I mean, that just asking the question. Just asking. Because Washington, both of them beat Washington. Washington's, I think, a game or two above 500. They're like six and four. That's not good. That ain't Washington the last couple of years. Um, Oregon, you can make the argument they should have beat. Well, we're not making that argument these days. They should have beat Auburn. No. They didn't. So that throw that argument out the window. I, I just don't know who the quality uh, wins are against for both those schools. Uh, but I guess what? Alabama, if it's if it comes down to the Pac-12 one-loss champion versus Alabama, um, <laughs> Alabama doesn't have an argument this year. They're, they're just not going to. I mean, Alabama, they finished 11-1. Uh, their best win could be against a four-lost Auburn team. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Um, looking at Baylor, Oklahoma, obviously we'll get to that game here in a little bit. That's huge. Uh, Baylor, I think they're going to need to stay unbeaten. Um, obviously, Oklahoma can't take another loss. That's the, the Pac-12 or the Big 12's only chances, and I think they're going to need a, a a crap ton of help to to get up in there. Now I do think if Baylor wins, they look good this Saturday night. Um, they will they will catapult into uh, a higher ranking, probably into the top ten. But I don't even I don't know. Anyway, um, let's talk about Thursday night football last night real quick. Uh, Oversh- uh, overshined by the brawl at the end. Um, listen, Miles Garrett to me deserves the most punishment because you can't fucking swing a helmet like a like a battle axe, like a weapon. All right, you just can't do that. He snapped. Uh, Mason Rudolph did kind of grab at his helmet uh, when he took it to the ground on the sack. 
you don't know what's being said for both those guys to freak out and snap like they did. Um, but that's Mason Rudolph. Like, it's not a big, tough guy. It's a backup second-year quarterback. Like, Miles Garrett's got to know, like, I, I can't go at this guy. It just made him look like he's he's a lunatic. And then uh, loved the Castro and Pouncey sticking up for their guy. Now, Pouncey probably shouldn't have kicked him uh, while he was down on the ground, that being Miles Garrett. But, I mean... Uh, you gotta protect your you gotta protect your dudes. So, um, like I said, I think Garrett should and probably will get uh the most of the suspension. Um I do think now that I've watched it over and over and over again, uh a few different times that Rudolph needs some kind of uh find or discipline too, because he wasn't uh, he wasn't innocent, completely innocent in all this. And then uh yeah. I think uh, Pouncey probably gets a little something-something, too. But it's just, I mean, I don't know. It, it, the Browns, I it, see a lot of them. I know a lot of their fans are from where I'm from, obviously. Um, those guys have stuck it out through a lot of tough years. A lot of hype going into the season. Uh, obviously, that was warranted. They haven't played well, really. Um Coming off two straight wins and you you have to deal with this shit. I do feel bad for the fans. Man, that team is not very fun or likable to me. Uh, It's kind of a neutral party. Not a fan of Pittsburgh or Cleveland. Uh, But they're just not likable. They got like a a constipated offense. Um, Their defense, it's good. But um, is it really, you know, exciting or aggressive? Nah, not really. Um, And... And they're just undisciplined. Um, in the last couple of games, they've cleaned it up. But even last night, like uh, two nasty hits, Johnson and, and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, get concussed in that game. It's just, I mean, I get it's a, it's a division rivalry game, but, um, man, it, it was kind of dirty. Two weeks is the rematch. Uh, we'll have to see who's available to play in that game. But uh, as the kids would say, uh, that could be lit, y'all. Anyway, um, let's jump into the preview, uh, then I'll give the locks of the week, uh, then I'll get the hot out of here. Um, Texans at Ravens, 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, uh, Ravens a four-point favorite. This game, I'm so excited for this game. Uh, the two best young quarterbacks, well, I shouldn't say the two best, but uh, to me, you know, the two most exciting young quarterbacks. First time they matched up since that Saturday night game a few years ago uh, in in Clemson when Louisville went there. Uh, Deshaun uh, ends up coming away with the win there. But, you know, Lamar's going to do something crazy with his legs here. And Deshaun, Deshaun's going to do something uh, nuts as well, uh, whether that's uh, escaping, like three guys barreling down on him on a sack and, and finding, like, a tight end for a three-yard touchdown. Or, you know, he'll he'll break off a 20-yard run, leaping over somebody on the sideline. Or he'll just throw an 80-yard dart uh, for a touchdown to, to Nuke Hopson. Not, God, I can't talk. I had a stroke there. Nuke Hopkins. So, uh, both these guys are exciting. Two very, very good teams. Uh, both still alive, you know, for the uh, AFC's top seed. So, yeah. I think gun to head. Uh, since Baltimore's home, 
I would take them, but I, I, I think four might be a little too much. I think this game comes down to a field goal. Don't I wouldn't lock it up, though. So, uh, But, yeah, take the Ravens at home by a field goal. And uh, the Patriots will host the Eagles, uh, 425 on CBS. Patriots, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Actually, Patriots are in Philly. Uh, my bad. Screwing up here. Anyway, um, I don't know. Both teams coming off a bye, so, um, you know, that advantage. When you're usually handicapping a game, you look who's coming off a bye, that, that usually means that's an advantage. But both teams coming off a bye, obviously that gets X'd out. See, I have no clue. You can tell I'm just talking and talking and, and trying to gather my thoughts here. I think Philly at home is getting ready to, to get hot. I really do. I don't know why. Uh, I always believe in the Eagles since they won the Super Bowl. I spent a whole lifetime not believing in the Eagles. Then they won the Super Bowl. Now I believe in the Eagles. Uh, But I'll take the Patriots. How about that? Because I'm fading myself here. Don't bet against Belichick. Um, Gambling-wise, I'd stay away from this one entirely. But um, looking at the rest of the NFL schedule, yeah, uh, Sunday night, Bears at Rams. That's kind of a... Whoever loses this one, you're in deep trouble because you're already swimming in uh, murky waters, as it is. Same with the Monday night one. Chiefs at Chargers. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs, I think. Uh, you know, they're 6-4, and four, so they could, they could probably lose. But, I mean, you don't – I don't know. It's a must-win definitely for the Chargers at home. But um, – I don't know. It just seems like one of those games like, uh, you know, kind of a loser leaves town match or whatever. All right. Let's get to the real deal. Uh, Holyfield here, the college football slate. Uh, noon Saturday, uh, my 15th ranked Michigan Wolverines, 13 and a half point favorite. They welcome in little brother Sparty into town. Um, I would never bet that number in this game. Mark D'Antonio fucking, he scares me. Uh, with his like weird voodoo magic that he has on us, uh, actually Michigan State has won two straight uh, since Harbaugh's got the town in the big house. Uh, both these teams have alternated wins. I think Michigan's only covered one of these, so I guess gambling wise, um, the trends would say take Sparty. But man, they're bad offensively. Their defense is good against the run. Uh, I think Michigan could throw the football on them here. Uh, in this game, and then loosen up that defense to to run later in the game. I think the defense for Michigan will suffocate the Michigan State offense. So I'll take Michigan to win, uh, but I, I would never bet this game just because I'm kind of a don't want to jinx my club. Uh, Indiana at number nine, Penn State. Uh, Indiana 7-2 and two on the year. Tom Allen's done a hell of a job. Penn State... 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Listen, Penn State went into Minnesota last week and won or completed that comeback and came, at the win, came away at the win. I had this spot circled, as I'm telling you. I'm taking Indiana in that spot against the spread because I think that's an outright upset-type deal. Sprinkle the money line. Boom. That was going to be my lock. Now that Penn State's lost, um, because you look. You look at their schedule. At Minnesota, big game. Home for Indiana at Ohio State the following week. It's the classic letdown look ahead sandwich game. Now 
I mean, it's still a letdown look-ahead sandwich, but them coming off a loss, they know they can't afford another loss because they're technically not out of it. They could beat Ohio State, get to the Big Ten Championship game, and uh, 12-1 Big Ten champ, that always looks good. To the res, uh, according you know, to the to the playoff committee, I should say. So uh, I think their full attention has has been had at practice. Um, I think they find a way to get it done. I would never bet that that big of a spread though in this game. I respect Indiana uh, too much. Uh, let's see, Florida goes to Missouri. No, thank you. Oh, okay, number twenty three, Navy at number sixteen, Notre Dame, Irish seven and a half point favorite. Now. It seems like Navy uh, once in a while always upsets Notre Dame. Trip options a motherfucker to play against, right? Um, Navy is only covered once, I think, in the last like nine or ten meetings. The Bear tweeted out this stat, but the last time they did, the thing I took away from it, the last time they did, they were an, a single-digit underdog. That's what they are here. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Notre Dame. I know they're not very. They're average against the run defensively. Um, Ian Book seems like that's that's their offenses to let in, Ian Book do everything. Um, you know, Bobby. I know he's been frustrated. Uh, you know, Bobby on the podcast, Coach Russ. Obviously, people come on, get it together. Um, he's always been frustrated with the. Uh, the play calling offensively um, once they're, uh, I think, is it Clark Lee? I can't remember who the offensive coordinator is. Anyway, wants him shit can. Not not on the Brian Kelly train anymore. But I do think Notre Dame wins this game. Uh, I wouldn't bet it, though, just because, you know, weird shit happens. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, uh, number three, Clemson hosts 7-2 and two, Wake Forest, uh, 3-30. On to ABC, Clemson 34-point favorite. Uh, I think Clemson is on a, uh, is on a, uh, they're on kill, you know. That's, that's kind of a race car driver expression uh, where it's just like, I'm going to do everything uh, in my power to win. And uh, that, that means putting my car and my body in a precarious situation, I'm on kill. My mode is kill. I think Clemson's in that mode. I feel like they're disrespected. With that being said, though, Wake Forest has an offense. I know Clemson's defense is good, but Wake could we could put up some points and keep you away from covering. So my professional, uh, semi-professional gambling advice would be to stay away. Uh, let's see, number 19, Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State is seven-point favorite. I never get any of these Big 12 lines, uh, really, because all these teams, I think, in the middle are the same. But Texas is getting healthier, so I'd probably take the horns there. Uh, LSU goes to Ole Miss. Um, I actually, I'll get to that game later. Um, UCLA, they uh, host, uh, or they go to number seven, Utah. Utah, 21.5 point favorite. I'm just saying, watch out. I didn't lock it up. I'm not calling my shot here. I'm just saying Chip Kelly has the boys playing well. They're on a bit of a winning streak. And uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson at the quarterback position, if he's still playing the quarterback position, because I'll be honest with you, I've noticed UCLA's one, two streak. But I haven't watched a single second of any football they've played. But if DTR's still behind center, 
dual threat, watch out. That's a uh, <laughs> that's a late one on Fox. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an eight o'clock game on Fox. So just watch out. Just saying, keep an eye on it. Uh, number six, Oregon hosts uh, Arizona. That's uh, ten thirty on ESPN Saturday night. Uh, Oregon twenty-seven and a half point favorite. Uh, probably an over. I don't even know what the total is, but you might want to check on that. All right. The two big games, then we'll get to the locks. Wait. My bad. The three big games. We'll start 4 o'clock on Fox. Number 8, Minnesota at Iowa. Uh, the 20th ranked team in the country, the Hawkeyes. 6-3, and three, the Golden Gophers. 9-0, and oh, Iowa. Three-point favorite. Man. This, this is the classic letdown spot. I mean, you could see this from... From Russia. How clear is this letdown spot? Minnesota last week. Biggest win in since nine, since the 60s or the 40s? I mean, seriously. This is the biggest win Minnesota's had in football in uh, ages. And then they have to go to boring-ass Iowa, who has uh, no offense, decent defense. Kinnick, though, it's a zoo. Uh... It's going to be cold, and I know Minnesota, they're used to the cold, but Kinnick, everything's right on top of you. We've seen so many teams take a team out there in the Big Ten the last few years, uh, and historically, and uh, it's just tough to, it's tough to beat them there. Uh, I was always pretty solid uh, for one reason, but, I, you know, there's just something about the pink locker rooms uh, and, and the crowd, and then, you know, they wave to the kids. That's an incredible scene. At the Children's Hospital overlooking the stadium. Just love Kinnick. Would love to go there one day, catch a game. I think Iowa wins. I do. I I don't know if I'd lay the three, though. I think Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, they just got that row-the-boat warrior mentality. Um, and they'll stay in this game, and hell, they can even win it. I wouldn't lock it up, but I'll take Iowa. All right, the big one. Uh Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern Time, Oklahoma. The 10th-ranked Sooners, 8-1 on the season. They're 10.5-point favorite at the undefeated 9-0. 13th-ranked Baylor Bears. I got Oklahoma in this all day long. Listen, it's a lock, by the way. 10.5, lay it. Oklahoma's defense stinks. I think Baylor can. They're not great offensively, but I do think they score on them. Baylor's defense is pretty good. Uh, I don't think they're they're stopping a Lincoln Riley offense. Uh, how Oklahoma last week? Everybody took that game against Iowa State as a loss. They were they were kicking their ass. They end up winning forty two forty one after they stopped the Cyclones on going for two late in the game. But I mean, I think this is uh, Oklahoma realizes this is desperation time. They can't lose again. And. Uh, you know, they got obviously way more talent than Baylor. Baylor, they've been living dangerously all year. They kind of play. They have been playing weird games as it is. So, uh, yeah, give me the Sooners, I think. Uh, they come out and uh, they they kick some ass. Finally, number four, eight and one, the University of Georgia Bulldogs at the 12th ranked Auburn University Tigers, seven and two, Georgia. 
three-point favorite. The CBS SCC game of the week at 3.30 Eastern time is uh, where this one could be seen, heard, and watched. Listen, this is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. That's what they call this game. I feel like every year I've had a podcast, I've made the same joke, where it's like actually literacy is uh, the Deep South's oldest rivalry. This is the second one. So there you go. I'll give you a minute to laugh at that one. And we're back. All right. Anytime Georgia and Auburn get together, especially in Jordan-Hare Stadium on the, the campus of Auburn University, seems like it's cray-cray. It seems like crazy shit happens, uh, wacky games. I would be very, very much afraid if I was a Georgia fan going on the Auburn because Auburn has a great defense, especially in that front seven. Uh, but Georgia has a great defense. So both teams, defensively, I expect a defensive struggle. Um, now, Bo Nix, freshman, I can't bet on him yet. I can't bet on Georgia's offense either, so I'm staying away from this one. I think it's a great low-scoring defensive game. Probably not going to be the ESPN Sports Center highlight package game uh, where you've just seen a ton of big plays and a ton of touchdowns. But man, I, I think I, I think I would lean. Man, I'll take Georgia to win. I don't know. They're better across the board to me. Um, but man, I, I kind of like Auburn at home too. Just stay away. Just stay away. For the podcast's sake, I'll take Georgia to win a tight one. Don't game on this one, but my goodness, um, that game truly is a toss-up. All right, we'll do locks, and then we'll get the hell out of here. All right, your boy's getting hot. He's 26 and 17 plus 6.75 units in the last 30 days. Got a new system last week. Uh, been playing some college basketball picks. I'm going to start tweeting out my picks. Fuck it. On the Podcock PCAST Twitter account. So there's a perk of following the Twitter account on tweeting out picks. Uh, the last seven days, 15 and 9, 62.5%, by the way, plus 4.59 units. I've uh, been sprinkling some NBA and college basketball in there as well. So let's see. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 9 logs on the fire this week. One NFL one. We'll get to that one right now. Jets plus 1 at the uh, Redskins. Yeah, I, I think. They win the game. Uh, probably crazy to bet either side of this game, but I'm putting my nuts on the table here and trying to be a smart guy. All right, let's get to the college ones. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Baylor, like I said. I uh, I have I have the Sooners. I actually got this at 10 when I put this in. So Oklahoma, 10. Um, given ten on the road, I think I think I think they're just better. They roll. I got LSU minus twenty one. Want to put it in? It's up to twenty one and a half. I'd lay that too. Uh, at Ole Miss, uh, and that offense is 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 very very much unstoppable. I think they roll. Uh, like I said, Iowa minus three. I did lock that up actually. So yep, we're rolling with it. I put that in early in the week. Kansas State minus fourteen. Uh, they host West Virginia. Neil Brown, um, Neil Brown, first year, yeah, anyway, don't need to dive too much into that one. All right, uh, UAB minus 18 
Uh, they host UTEP. UTEP is dreadful. That's probably seems like a lot of points, but I I think they can beat them by by twenty twenty one. So, uh, give me the Blazers. Alabama Alabama at Mississippi State minus seventeen and a half. Tua or not, uh, I think Bama gets back, dusts themselves off. There's video floating around the internet of, of uh, them watching the college football rankings, seeing Georgia ranked ahead of them. They seem like they're pissed off in their locker room watching it. So uh, that tells me they're still motivated to play. Their season's not dead. They still think they got a chance. So Bama rolls. Finally, Oklahoma State laying 17 and a half. They host Kansas. Um, yeah, those are the locks. So uh, Oklahoma State minus 17.5, Alabama minus 17.5, UAB minus 18, Kansas State minus 14, Iowa minus 3, LSU minus 21, Oklahoma minus 10, Jets plus 1. All right, follow the show on Twitter at podcast Rate, review, subscribe, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, um, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, Anchor FM's our host. Uh, you can listen to the show there. Shout out to those guys for uh, for creating a uh, a great platform that shares this podcast, PCAST, and many other podcasts out there. They're our uh, presenting sponsor as well. So thank you all to those uh, fine folks. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to get a podcast out to you. Uh, Luke, Bobby, Bryce, who the hell knows. We'll be back next week, uh, you know. It'll probably be a uh, it'll probably be a grind, man. We'll probably talk about a lot of shit uh, since those guys will be foaming at the mouth, chomping at the bit to talk about uh, the last uh, two weeks of sports since uh, this week kind of got screwed up. But anyway, uh, I'll quit yammering. Hit the uh, outro music now. <laughs>